Well, hello, and welcome again to my podcast, Success Secrets and Stories. I'm your host and author of the book, Building Your Leadership Toolbox, John Wendelowski. I'm here with my friend, Greg Powell. Greg? Hey, everybody. Yeah. And we're here today to talk about communication. And we're going to be diving into tools. So it's a little bit different. It, it isn't from my book specifically. It's some of the tools that I gave as a recommendation of other readings, other, other people's materials that can help you. So I'm going to just start off with some of the premise of communication that we want to try to cover. There's situational leadership, there's self-leadership, there's organizational leadership. Uh, we're going to touch at least on two of those subjects. And when you're a leader, they, the, the one-minute manager uh, talks about behavior of a leader and really uh, the capacity to be a leader. The goal is to delegate. When you're in management, you're trying to get other people to do the assignment. But as you have different elements and success of communicating those, those goals, that, that delegation, he talks about how successful you are in terms of time. If you're competent, you can do it reasonably fast, That, i.e. the one-minute manager. There's elements that he breaks down into four sections. There's delegation, participation, selling, and telling. If you're telling people, you're not really leading. That's that's not leadership. That's dictatorship, or as I've heard other people say, you're just not competent as a leader. You're you're competent probably because you're the most talented person that can do something in the technical world, mechanics, which is where I started my career. You'll you'll see a lot of people that aren't really good leaders that are shop foremen. Very, very competent repair people, um, but they're telling. They're not teaching. And and the better that they get in, in terms of bringing in people and teaching people, or, or at least being assigned to be teaching people, they start picking up the ability to sell it and then to participate in it. Then that, that, that progression is really where you see development happen, not only with the persons that they're communicating with, but with the trainer, with the leader, uh, those those are the keys. When you can give an assignment to that apprentice and they're capable of doing the job, you've delegated that job. Ah, that is leadership. That's that's where you're supposed to be going. Um, I and think, John, you can yeah. think sometimes we used to call them battlefield promotions. Those really <laughs> smart, technical people right. that maybe knew 10% more than the rest of their team, and you thrust them into a management role, but they were ill-equipped to be managers. Or there's the till at a hun management team where there's you know people that are leaving, retiring, and it's the last person that you have that has like ten years of experience on a job, and it's like uh, you're now the supervisor, yes. and you can hear you can you can see that look in their eye of what, I what <laughs> wasn't that my that wasn't one of my plans that might be your plan, uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's the problem and the challenge and the opportunity at the same time. If you're in a leadership position and you have managers that are reporting to you, they're developing supervisory staff. One of the things that I saw in some of our assignments is we had lead technicians. People who we thought had the capacity of doing that would be involved in training. 
and given the opportunity to try to develop people and developing themselves in the process. So this is this is that description of how do you how do you talk about whether you're competent and and why did I why was I drawn to the one minute managers at one particular time in my career? I didn't do a very good job of giving out assignments. And you, you run around the bush and you try to get the idea, but you're trying to inspire people to take on the responsibility without literally telling them how to do it. Well, at the same time, you're, it's word dribble. If you want to try to get the idea across, be direct, give them the information that they need. And also there's two other elements that I think are key. You're giving up your own trust and you're giving them part of your responsibility and empowering them. If that that whole leadership thing is going to work, they have to feel that you have their back. One of the magic lines that I used in every new job, and I won't tell you how many different jobs I've had, but I've I've had more than a couple, is I would tell the management staff and, and especially the staff themselves, it doesn't matter what kind of safety issue that you run into. Understand I have your back. I'll back you up. Just Bring me up to speed and tell me the truth. And we'll get through whatever it is that you're challenged by. But the secret is telling them at the beginning, one of the fears that they have is, is he going to have my back? Is he going to back me up? That's a very fast way of getting people involved to tell them that you're supportive. But you're also setting a goal of safety. So it, it was a very handy tool that I've, that I've used in my, my career. Now that we're talking about tools, though, Greg, you you used a tool in how you work from a human resources perspective to an institution to understand how to develop, to listen. Maybe uh, you can bring that up to speed. Thanks, John. As we're talking about communication and communication tools, 360 feedback, or sometimes it's called multi-rater feedback, is is a powerful communication tool. Um, I've been on both sides of the table. On 360 feedback, so I've given feedback to those that asked for it. I've asked for feedback and received it as well. Uh, over the years, I've been through that exercise many, many times and found it to be extremely helpful. Feedback is a gift. Sometimes it's a very special gift. Um, what you want to do is make sure you accept the feedback. Don't rationalize it. Don't say, oh, I love those great things they said about me. Oh, they're, they're all wet when they say those bad things about me. It's okay. Feedback is a gift. Listen to it all. Take it all in stride. Don't get too happy about the highs. Don't get too sad about what might be considered low. You want to make sure that you're thinking of, as a leader about being courageous. You know, you're demonstrating your, your courage. One way to demonstrate that courage is to write a letter to all the folks that you would like to rate you as a personal letter, inviting them to, to participate in the process. You'd be surprised, even though it might humble you, it will endear you to the people that you want to uh, respond. So let me tell you a little bit about the process for 360 Feedback. Uh, imagine a star, and the star in the middle of that star is you. You're the person being rated. And the different points in the star are the different buckets or different categories of, of rating information. So one point of the star could be your boss. Another point of the star could be the people that report to you. Another point in the star could be your peers, your fellow leaders, fellow managers in the organization. Maybe you're in a situation where you can get client or customer uh, feedback. And you get those different buckets of feedback that you've, that you've asked these different questions. And it comes back and it gives you a chance to analyze and say, gosh, my, my boys love me, but my peers aren't real happy with me. And here's why. 
for the clients have said some pretty good things. But my boss, even though he's said he's, he likes me, it didn't come out here that way. And so it's a way to hear those different voices, those different aspects, those different facets to help you realize what you do well, what you could do better. Now, let me go another step further here. There is a plethora of instruments out there, the 360 <laughs> feedback instruments. There's Barron's, there's Synergetic. A lot of you have heard about SurveyMonkey, right? They do a decent job. But guess what? Whatever your needs are can be handled by a specific tool. So you can go out there and look for a tool that maybe provides more automation, ease of uh, sorting uh, the data, um, creates charts and graphs for you, whatever. So plenty of uh, opportunities there to get the, the process you want, get the tool yeah. that you want. Now, I, when you were bringing this up before, I told you that one of the problems that I saw is that we had managers that were trying to pick out who from the staff was actually making the comments. And they were trying to take it and decipher who was disgruntled um, and, and picking information. You were mentioning that there's some companies that will actually rewrite comments so that that kind of thing doesn't happen. That's exactly correct, John. They, you'll get these verbal uh, comments for we call them verbatim comments will right. come back and uh, groups like uh, like survey monkey some of these others will actually uh, rewrite those comments not to take away the gist of what the folks were talking about but take away any personalizing kinds of comments that say oh Janie said that or joe said that exactly because right. we want the reader to feel comfortable to feel um no reprisal and feel comfortable to give candid and constructive candid. feedback right so, yes, uh, those are available out there, different groups. Um, one of the things that people think about is how many questions do I need? Do I need 20? Do I need 60? <laughs> well, you don't need probably 60, 80, whatever. You, something more along the line of 20 to 30 might be appropriate. But what's really important is your strategy. And if you want to be focused on getting better, one school of thought says the start, stop, and continue kind of mode. So, for instance, questions that say, stop doing this if you want to be a better leader. Or start doing this if you want to be a better leader. But whatever you do, keep doing this because this makes you a good leader. And so just thinking of different ways to, to personalize the, the, the questions to help you, you know, get the feedback that you need. Now, one of the things that's important about this, too, is that the people say, well, when should I do it again? Well, hold your horses. First thing is have a professional walk you through the results to make sure that you understand it, how to digest what's going on there. Second. You, you can't change everything. So if you have six or seven things that are not where you'd like them to be, work on the top three and put a plan together for improvement. And then initiate that plan and maybe 12 to 18 months later, do another 360 feedback to see uh, what improvement might have occurred since then. Also, don't do this on your own. Yes, you could work with your manager. Maybe you've got a coach. Maybe you've got a mentor, buddy that you run by things by your accountability partners or whatever. Use those other resources to help you um, make sure that you're delivering on what you said you were going to deliver on as far as improvement. And I think finally, this is something that you own. So if you really want to be good at uh, using 360 feedback tools and the information that comes from it, you own it. So even with your manager, your coach, your peers, your buddies, whatever, you have to take this information, understand it, and do something powerful with it. Yeah, and if you're going through all this effort and you're and you're not making any attempt to utilize the gift that you've been given of uh, the information that you're either doing good or 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 doing poorly, you're wasting an opportunity. And 
those people who are wasting those opportunities sometimes are also the ones that are dismissed and they've been given the answers. Yes. Yes. They, you know, and they've been given the opportunity to create an action plan and to ask for help. And they, they don't feel that it's important because then it's admitting that they're wrong. So John brought up at the very beginning about communication. This is a very direct way, even though it seems kind of quasi quiet and, and subtle, it's real information in real time to help you be better. So, you know, the feedback is a tool that I've used. I've used 360 and it has really been extremely helpful. Uh, I, I think the first times I, I started to learn about it is actually one of the reasons I looked at the one minute manager because of my poor ability to get a direct request across. Um, I just want to say one thing. I want to step back for a second. The only complaint I've ever had about the 360 is there's either three or five ways of answering uh, degrees, you know, agreed, mm -hmm. um, you know, three levels, um, good, um, neutral, and then bad. Or you know, what I like is basically five degrees of accept and whether it's very, very good or very bad. The degrees help. But there's a, a logic that's out there that you only give them three because you want to know whether you're on the mark or not on the mark. Out of curiosity, is is more or less which which one is better? Is it three components of of a, a judging or five components of judging whenever they're doing a three sixty? Because I'm I'm kind of in favor. I like gray. So, so John, let me answer your question as I would to any other um, lifelong engineer. We know you like the numbers. We know you like the precision. And if we could pick it out to 10 decimal points, you probably would think about doing that. Yes. <laughs> but even though there could be additional gradations of how good or how bad or in between that could be created, this really does get to the point. Uh, and usually three to five um, levels of response covers what you really need. Okay. Can it be more scientific? Yes. But I'm not sure if you're going to get much more value out of that. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's... I think one of the pushbacks that I've always heard is uh, it was such a black and white kind of answer. Either you either you got a yes or you got a no, or um, the center section was not available or, or indifferent or doesn't apply or uh, all those things kind of make it complicated to try to understand what people are doing on a 360 report. But then uh, it's the engineering mind. You know, I, I, I want to know as much as I can learn. Absolutely. And, yeah. And sometimes, John, the, you'll see some of the same questions be asked a different way, which sure. is, right, sometimes that'll help give you maybe a little gradation because people can't say, well, wait, I said it this way over here. Now I'm saying it this way over here. So right. trying to say, no, this is how I really feel about it, other how they perform their behavior. So that's that's where they look for the patterns. Yes. Okay. Sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it isn't. Yeah. That is true. So one of the elements of going through one of those kind of tests, the, the 360 was uh, my ability to be direct and to communicate as fast as I can. And I really am saying that because I read a book called The One Minute Manager. And mm -hmm. I came across it when I was going through, actually, uh, the bookstore, seeing something that would help me in terms of my career. And that spoke to me from the second I read it. I mean, it one minute manager can can you actually manage somebody in a minute and it was helping me to understand some of the components of being fast so developing goals 
developing praise and developing reprimands with the thought of doing it within a minute is having a clear message so that you're not dribbling on on what you're expecting them to do or whether they're meeting your expectations or whether they drop the ball. It should be blatant, straightforward, and clear. Now, there are times where you want to develop people, and this doesn't pertain to those examples. But when you're dealing with people and giving assignments, and especially if you look at technical leads and you're looking at supervisors, they're dealing with 20 people or 30 people. Mm -hmm. They don't have time to set up everybody with a 15-minute dissertation before they go out on their day. It's It has to be timely. It has to be on the point. And I, I think some of their techniques, some of their uh, lessons learned are really well done. And uh, so it's Kenneth Blanchard and so a PhD and Spencer Johnson with an MD developed it. So it's a, a psychologist and somebody in the medical field mm -hmm. answering things that really pertain to how do you get your message across really without being offensive. That was the other element that they don't really say, but they do a very good job of professional communication. And that's the essence of this podcast. Letting people know up front what they're supposed to do and how you'll help them win. Not not how you're going to blame them, how you're going to hold them accountable. It's not not how to threat people, how to threaten people. It's how to support them. That's that's the key of the one minute manager. And John, the, I would say yeah. that's that's the primary uh, reason. But it also reminds people that it's just basics. It's not you know convoluted. It's it's not pages and pages and reams and reams of information. It's direct. It's to the point. And if you make it direct and to the point, the employee will understand what's going on as well as the manager will be able to evaluate and manage what's going on. And so I liked when I remember when hearing about the one minute manager when it first came out. And companies were buying books by, you know, and they have sessions and little seminars and workshops on it. Right. I like the brevity of it. I like the fact that it got to the point and really said, so it said to me as a young uh, management person, wow, it doesn't take me six days to put something together here. I could do right. something in just a few minutes and get it rolling. And, and that was very helpful. It's also the model that I used for my book. I wanted something that was short. I wanted something that was a fast read. If I, if I didn't get to the point quickly, then the engineer in me, the, the leader in me, I'm not doing that person who's reading the book any services. I wanted them to get the information as fast as they can and then hopefully build upon that as they go through the book. But like the one minute manager is a one day read. My book is a one day read. I mean, it's, it's kind of straightforward. I hope you take longer than one day <laughs> because it's supposed to be uh, in uh, encouraging you to think about the chapter and be a little bit introspective when, when you're looking at it. But uh, yeah, Let, let's, let's, just to finish up the concept on the one minute manager, uh, the one minute goals that they talk about is to make the message clear, show that you have what is show that there, there is a good behavior and that you are meeting the goal and an interesting piece for project teams. The goal should be on one sheet of paper. An executive response should be on a one sheet of paper. You don't need 20 or 30 different sheets of paper to try to get an idea across. You want to make it as an attachment? Great. 
But if you want to try to get your message across, they shouldn't have to turn the page. John, we talked about this before, about brevity, a one-pager, an executive summary. All of those are for what you're talking about, uh, getting to the point, being easy to read and understand, digest. Exactly. And then I think this is the one that I thought was interesting, is asking the person how they're doing and how they're matching the goal that they were set. And if there are options or if there are alternatives, to let them speak first before you tell them what you think of their performance or what you think of what they're doing in terms of meeting the goal, because you'll be surprised 50% of the time they're meeting the goal, but they're doing it a different way. And you're going to see the logic of it because they have a better background in the field. They've been working with the components for years and and they're looking for people that would want to listen and allow them the freedom of doing it better. You, you you have the same goal, but you don't have to follow the same path. You got to the you got from A to B. They just found a shorter a shorter distance, a, a wiser distance. It isn't a guarantee that it happens all the time, but that is the key to try to give them trust. That's the part of making that development of pushing responsibility to them. You're letting them answer the questions of whether they're meeting the goal or not. You're not overseeing or overviewing what they're doing. You're giving them their opportunity to try to explain to you. And it's that's where the praise is pretty easy to come right behind it. And they feel like that's the no one's ever asked me before how I should do it. And that's that's how many times I've how many times I have heard that in my career and how much personal enjoyment I got from it of of course they should be asking you. You've been doing it for, you know, a long time. An investment in your career, you probably do have the best path to get it done. Yeah, you're going to get incredible buy-in from that employee um, and skin in the game because now that they know you listen to them, you're using their ideas, they own it, and right. they appreciate that you've recognized what their contribution is. Yeah, I, I think if anything I got from the one-minute manager was how that component of it made it so much easier to uh, to understand that the trust was well-founded. If the person has no clue, is basically saying, you told me to do this, I'm doing it the way you told me to do it, I hope it works. <laughs> you're going to have a longer day and you're going to have a lot more conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and and I guess the, the bottom line is, uh, his last component for the one-minute goal is encourage them and and tell them when they're winning. Just don't tell them when they're losing encourage people that I think one of the most interesting tools is a thank you note because people rarely get a thank you note. You're talking about that handwritten thank you note, John? A handwritten thank you note. But does it answer everybody's questions? Nope. Does it, is it the best panacea that you can give to encourage people thinking that they're part of the team because they got a thank you note? It can be overused. And, and I think if it has any value, it should be specific to meeting goals. And especially if it's tied into a conversation that's in a challenging goal and they accomplish it, don't just talk to them. Send them a note. And that is such a concrete reinforcement. It is it is amazing. And, and as people who had promoted those programs, they'll put it in a picture frame and they'll put it on the wall and they'll tell their family about it because that's how rare sometimes people are actually thanked on paper. 
that, that I think is the key. It, it, that really has impact. As long as it doesn't become policy, it is actually something that's done from their activity to their, their work. Um, I think that's when it has value. So next podcast, Greg, what are we going to be talking about? So we're going to talk about self-awareness, John, introspection, being critical of ourselves. Excellent. Well, in closing, my book is available on Amazon.com and Lulu, Building Your Leadership Toolbox. My ebook is available in Barnes & Noble. Success Secrets and Stories podcast is on whatever you're listening to. Thank you. Dr. Durst's material in uh, MBR program is on Success Growth Academy. And the music's brought to you by my grandson. As always, Greg, it's been fun. Thanks, John, as always. All right, everybody.